When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. Um, Now, before we start, Alan, you have something to tell us about a new museum boring. No, no, not at all. It's in our favorite city in Washington, D.C. And I just... I wanted to plug a friend of mine who is just a wonderful human being, but my friend Jonathan is the um, collections curator at this new Capital Jewish Museum in oh, DC. It is awesome. So I, I've donated to it. I'm really excited about it, but it's great. It's opening. So Brent and I love, love, I'm leaving Elliot out. Elliot doesn't like Jews. No, um, <laughs> he, he, we love DC. And one of the best things about DC for me is going to all the amazing museums and cultural institutions that you can see in, I mean, outside yeah. of politics and shit, like DC is one of the best places to I go know. and just like learn shit, which gets me off so much. And so when I you know. are in DC next, go to the Capitol uh, Jewish Museum. It's great. Learn a little thing about the Jews, move mm-hmm. over to other things, <laughs> go learn about the other things and yeah. have a great visit to DC. Yeah. See everyone. We support the Jews in this we podcast. Support Very them. much so. We love the Jews. Capital no, that actually sounds fantastic. So definitely check out that museum um, to all of our DC friends and partners. Jonathan speaking might be the only one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking, speaking of DC, I have a political discussion that is genuinely a big surprise. Elliot sent me this article this week, and this is the most surprised I've been in a long time. So maybe you heard, maybe you didn't. Um, This could possibly be the first time Ted Cruz has not made it worse. So Ugandan President Yaweri Museveni signed into law a bill that gives the death penalty for, quote, aggravated homosexuality recently. Uh, aggravated homosexuality is defined as same-sex acts with categories of vulnerable people, including minors, but it does not criminalize identifying as LGBTQ, the Associated Press reported. So basically, if you act out on homosexuality, you can be punished with death in Uganda. And believe which it or not, not, which is not un, un, similar, it's dissimilar from like, we've seen this coming, basically. Yeah. That's right. We've talked about this on the podcast before. But believe it or not, Ted Cruz disagreed. And he actually released a statement that said, quote, this Uganda law is horrific and wrong. 
any law criminalizing homosexuality or imposing the death penalty for aggravated homosexuality is grotesque and an abomination. All civilized nations should join together in condemning this human rights abuse. Hashtag LGBTQ. <laughs> this is the most. So, all right. So let me let me frame this and then we'll, we'll have our discussion. So I, I think it's safe to say clearly, you know, the average American Republican, of course, does not support <laughs> killing uh, 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 gay people, <laughs> queer people, gay people yeah. by, by, by no means. But Republicans have made a practice out of ignoring laws like this for decades. Uh, they they kind of, you know, tacitly accept that that other countries have certain laws and they just let it go. And they always they always rag on Democrats for sort of um, pushing back on laws like this sometimes because it's it's, quote, none of our business. What that's why I think this is so surprising. Um, and I guess the other thing I'll throw out real quick is also the fact that Ted Cruz said we should not criminalize homosexuality, which is a sort of a, a tip of the cap to the fact that sodomy laws, which were legalized via Supreme Court decision in 2003, should not be revisited, which some people on the right think we should. So I was really surprised. What was your what was your take on this? The only reason I would say I wasn't surprised is because not 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 surprised. The reason that I would say potentially that this makes sense is because his daughter is bi. Um, oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. his daughter is bi or came out as bi on um, TikTok. I mean, she's only 13. Yeah. Uh, but she's apparently pretty outspoken online. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, I don't know if that's that's a big enough deal. But, you know, she even said at some point on TikTok that she hadn't told like she said on TikTok, I haven't told my dad yet. I'm 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 nervous, but I don't think he'd be mad, he'd be mad about it. So that was the only reason that I was like, oh well, maybe he's got you know some sense of uh, decency, uh, decency yeah. because he's he's yeah. bringing his you know like the Dick Cheney of it all. But um, yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I mean, otherwise, I was like, what? The bringing up Dick Cheney, that's always been. I mean, I hate Dick Cheney, but that's always been one of the most. Um, compelling things about and and about him as a politician which i respect in that there are certain things that he's just not in line with the republican party and even during the debates he was just like this is a personal family matter but it's just what i believe it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with the party platform i'll support and he'll he'll still be on the party platform that did not want to include lgbtq anything but he <laughs> stayed true to being against it which i against you know that that it, it thinking that it should be legal and that his daughter should yeah. be able to, et cetera. Now, I think this is great what Ted Cruz said. However, I do call shade bullshit because the people that he really should be condemning are not the politicians in this country, but the religious organizations in the United States that funded and influenced and lobbied these politicians to pass this law. These are the same religious fundamentalists who have donated to Ted Cruz's presidential campaign, Senate campaign, to his PACs. He's encouraged them. He's lobbied them. He's spoken in their churches. Mm. And it is, it's, to me, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors while I accept it. And I think it's great. I also think it's hypocritical to be doing this while not acknowledging the U.S. front and the religious front that has essentially created this sort of hysteria in many of these African nations that are passing these, these laws. And 
They are not organic to those nations. They are coming from it, religious organizations coming into those countries and influencing this type of legislation specifically to target LGBTQ people in those nations. So isn't that what makes it so confusing? Like to Brent's point, I'm like, why, why would he even speak up on this if clearly it's like, you know, you don't need to be a genius to know that there's hypocrisy baked into this, to, to this, you know, to him showing some sense of allyship. It's great lip service. It's, it's, it's also helps score points with his daughter. Sure. But it's great lip service and it makes him look good without, without, without really hurting him at all in any, any mm. particular way. Cause he's still out here supporting don't say gay bill. He's still out here supporting these drag bands. So like, this is mm-hmm. not him. Is yeah. He? yeah. 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 Like, this is not he, him yeah. leading a pride parade or anything. This right, is right. him giving lip service. Now, like, no, of that course, many, yeah. let, let me throw out the like, yeah, we are obviously not arguing that Ted Cruz is an ally of the community. But I, uh, like Alan said, I think it's important to commend people, even if we can agree, even if we agree fleetingly and 1% of the time, I think it's important to say, look, good, I'm glad you released that statement. I didn't see any other Republicans release statements like that. Good for you for doing it, whether it's because you have... Um, a daughter who's a daughter queer, who might right. be by or an election coming up yeah, in two years and you hold them accountable for the root cause of right. what's happening, which is the most mm-hmm. important part and the most important thing to do. Acknowledge that he said something good, but call out the hypocrisy because that is what's funding and passing all of these things. Well, that's what, yeah, ultimately I think that's what sort of nullifies it at the end of the day is like as much as you, you want to be, I hate saying mature, but like, mature enough to say thank you for showing your allyship regarding you know this issue it's like it it lowers the it it just lowers the the standard so that you know he can get applause for doing what having one shred of mod you know one shred of dignity when it comes to queer people while other while while the rest of the time you know engaging in, in continuing to to like bring about the worst legislation possible yeah. and dealing with drag and trans and yeah. all that stuff yeah. um ask about something ted cruz though unrelated to this so like you know i've never thought that politicians need to be attractive or have a particular charm about them or like really i've never made it about that however there are some politicians you know like ted cruz i would put i hate to do this but i would put barbara mikulski in this in this camp as well that when, <laughs> that when you look at them you think to yourself How'd that happen? How does that how, That is an unattractive person. How, does, how yep. did that continue to happen? Because you look at Ted Cruz and he, I mean, he, he represents Texas, the land of cowboys. I mean, everyone out of Texas either needs to be big hair, like the female senators or, or governors yeah. come out of Texas, right. or they need to wear those cowboy boots, which he does, but everyone knows he doesn't, it just feels icky <clears throat> he wears them. Yeah. And so like, there's just something about Ted Cruz that feels like he's playing the part well, of Jackson that, in the body I, of like a New Jersey guy. Yes. I always, I'm always obsessed with politicians who don't fit the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, for instance, if I mean, we're doing deep cuts here now, but why not? John Tester is a Democrat from Montana. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a he's a big fat guy with missing fingers because of farming accidents. He's an organic <laughs> farmer and he's a Democrat. Like I had a friend who used to work in the Senate and she said, he's a big, dumb idiot. And so she's like, everyone likes him. And like, he fits what, like he's the, he's the Democrat that fits Montana. Oh, yes. And okay. Cruz is an, uh, uh, you know, is a famous elitist <laughs> from, from Ivy League grads. schools. I, Ivy League grads. 
and I mean, admittedly, very, very smart. We everyone knows that, but like, it's just like, how does Texas vote for this dork? How? I how? don't, I don't understand. It blows me away, but it also speaks to. It's sort of like, um, uh, oh God, who there's who's the guy with the red scare from back in the fifties? Uh, Ellie Glazer, Joseph McCarthy, uh... McCarthy. Joseph McCarthy is kind of another example where he's kind of like a Ted Cruzy type character that he just looks like a geek, like a yeah. loser. Yeah. Like he can't. He he shaves in the morning, but it still looks like he didn't shave. Yeah, it looks like he didn't shave. Like how are you shaving and it's how not are you shaved? Yeah. yeah. They're losers and yeah, I know. they look like losers. Like the guys that can't even get a yeah. date at the guaranteed, like, you know, meetup where you find dates. The What is it called? The yeah. Men, uh, singles party, whatever. Like he can't even get anything there. And yet he's able to be elected popularly I know. by one of the, lar the largest state in the union or second no. largest. State. Yeah, second like, largest state. Let's I mean, be factual here, Alan. Insane. And even his his opponent in the last election, who's the guy who ran for everything? The hot uh, guy. Be yeah, Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke is a loser too. But I mean, sorry to anyone <laughs> who loves him, but I do think he's a bit of a, if you are running for like seven different offices within the span of 10 years. I know. It's like, dude, you, dude. Stop it. Just, just, stop. just become a lobbyist for 10 years and, yeah. and try it again. Like, come Start on, an organization, man. do something. But anyway, He's still, if you put Ted Cruz and him together, I'm gonna give Ted, I'm gonna give Beto O'Rourke a hand job. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, of like, course. He's the hot one. Like he's the one who looks like he should be representing Texas. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, even even in the most masculine of states, like people still people still understand attractive. It's it's one of my favorite things is whenever like a strikeout will be like, oh, I, I don't know if that guy's good looking. I have no idea. Of course you fucking know. You know who everyone I knows. You know who I think represents there's like two there's very rarely is it two senators who look like they should be representing the states that they come from. The state <laughs> is Georgia. Raphael Warnock is a perfect senator for Georgia. He is that preacher who you just you oh know my God. You know comes from Georgia and he's great and he just says great things and like mm -hmm. he just is that person who should be representing Georgia. And then John Ossoff, who is kind of like new georgia in a way yeah yeah like a like a southern jfk but with a very large, handsome very very handsome but with also like there's a large jewish population in georgia as well in pockets in atlanta and stuff and and culture jews too from back we support that civil rights days like they were doing great things so like those two represent georgia in the way yep. you look at it and you're like yeah you're who's georgia. the guy who's yeah. the guy from pennsylvania who got elected who wears like hoodies and cargo shorts john john oh. fetterman john Fetterman. Fetterman. yeah i like that i like he kind of he kind of looks like he represents because i mean he actually no he actually does no offense to pennsylvania but y'all trash <laughs> y'all trash <No. laughs> not even joking we are here today with my good friend and a new homeowner. Oh my God. Monet yes. Exchange. Hi. Uh, hey, Monet. So when are you inviting me over for your pool? Now, you know, I'm not going to get in it, but I'll sit by it in a caftan. <laughs> <laughs> well, the house is still under construction. So it was a, a house from the 40s. So I'm doing like a full renovation on it. Ooh. So we're uh, seven months in and I probably will not be moving it in until like September, October. So it's, yeah. it's still a ways away, but I'm going to have a big housewarming party and all that stuff for sure. Oh, I'll be there on, in kitten heels. I'll be there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you, did you remember that party we went to? Kim Kim launched something and there was like a party yes. in a yes, and that I, house and Meatball performed. Yeah, well, Meatball jumped in the pool. In the pool. Girl, <laughs> getting wet and dragged, there's she, nothing about that that's terrifying. Yeah, like women have have dried, have died doing that. If like your wedding dress, like it's like inundated with water, you can get sucked into a river. I anyway, it's, a, it's an actual story that happened. Sorry, Alan. He asked if I would jump in. Like what I, because there were other queens there. I was there in drag. And yeah. I looked, I mean, no offense, but Kim and I looked the best. And oh yeah, you all looked amazing. Yeah. So like, I was not about to jump in a pool. So much so, I I um I had your partner make me a dress literally just like yours. In yes, Ireland. I remember that. I remember. Yeah. Exactly. It was stunning. I influence all of the drag race girls. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen the drag queen who performs on Fire Island at the Ice Palace and who, who performs in the pool like Logan? Every Logan Logan Hardcore used to. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I remember that. Yeah. I was like, that's that's such a waste of um. I mean, all that time you put into looking like that and then going into the pool, I'm like, that seems But also like doing outside drag. Like, if you're doing a drag yeah. outside, I would imagine you would want to dive first head into a pool. It's probably so hot and sweaty and gross. Uh, I had someone, I'm not going to say who, but I had someone ask me if I would go to... And I mean... Naomi. No, not Naomi. I wish. She would not ask me this. If I would... RuPaul. Go, no, <laughs> of course not. A WGA, uh, like, picket in drag. And I thought about... I mean, I was out of town for the one, but, like, I thought about it and I was like... That is like at the height of the day, like with yeah. a with a with a with a no. sign with and also and also what do you like what what are you gonna get out of doing? What it are we getting out of this? I'm yeah. I'm over the great, I'm over the question. theme. There's we're doing themes and party. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm over it now. I'm really <laughs> I'm like, to enforce a theme. <laughs> oh, they do themes at the at the at the at the picket line. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't I don't see teamsters dressing up as cats and dogs or whatever the fuck. Like we we don't need themes. Just picket guys. That's it. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, Monet, you are like I said, a good friend of mine. Love you very much. Love you, you so much. Are all over the place now performing stand up, which yeah. you, I mean, stand up is only a couple of years. Like you've only been doing that for a little bit, right? Yeah. So I mean, so back before, and I was ever on RuPaul's Drag Race. I was uh, working in New York City, Queens, doing like six shows, seven shows a week, right? And then, so for all intents and purposes, what I was doing, because I, I wasn't like a cast of girls, it would just be me and a room of drunk, uh, fair weather faggots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I, I like six nights a week. So <laughs> I was, I was for all intents and purposes, I was doing stand up, just not calling it that. I was writing jokes, I was crafting jokes, I was doing crowd work, I was doing all that stuff. And then, so just over the past year and a half. I've cultivated that into the art form of stand-up for myself. Yeah, and it's going so well. I mean, you have like a well. summer of shows. Yeah, yeah, it's going very, very well. I, it ju I just headlined at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin, mm, which was ooh. great for, uh, for at, at, at the Paramount Theater there, sold out. It was so, it's, it's been going really well. And I've, I've been having a really good time doing it. And stand-up is so rewarding because, you know, drag alone is rewarding because it's like you know you get to be you're your own writer producer director dancer host mc singer you're all those things but with stand-up it's just like you some jokes and like a bottle of water and a stool yeah. and it's like if you're not funny you're not funny well you know and have I mean? you noticed so, have you noticed one of the things because when i was doing stand-up as a boy i mean not to say that i'm not the most attractive person in the world but people would often be able to not pay attention to me people would yeah. often like be able to talk to their person or whatever it was. And when I'm in drag doing jokes, it's like all of the attention is on me. Like they're yeah. 
they're not interrupting me. They're not talking yeah. to the guest next to them. They're literally, it's almost like the clown is barking in the corner and they don't <laughs> miss a moment. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I really, really enjoy stand-up and I'm really having a great time doing it. Also, bitch, like all these girls who go, like when Bob and I did Sim Rivalry, on Sim Rivalry tour, it's myself and Bob, then you have eight dancers, you have the DJ, you have the, but stand-up, it is just you and someone holding a spotlight. And I'm like, sign me up for that check. Have you ever, I mean, because the three of us have been doing stand-up for a long, long time, have you ever had the experience of, like, telling a joke and it literally not falling? Like, it just falls through. Oh, 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 absolutely, it has. And then in those moments, I love to make fun of myself. Like, I, will, I, will, I will make fun of how shitty the joke was so that the audience can at least, at least laugh at that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, she's self-aware. She is aware that that joke was dumb and should never be said ever again. That's amazing. I don't think Bianca would ever do that. You don't think so? No, no. She would not acknowledge that she did anything bad ever. <laughs> well, she's old school. She's like, there's no real, like, there's no sense of, like, you know, modernity to her. She's Don Rickles, and Don Rickles wouldn't go back on a yeah. punchline and be like, oh, no, 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 you know, like, and that's yeah. not a critique or a, it's not a judgment. It's just like, it's 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 a certain way. It's, yeah. you know, stuck in that style, and it works. Yeah. Um, but, but Monet, you're so much younger. That so it's you know it's, it's just like there you go. What can I say? You're of your generation in Dragon Girl. This this is a sensible black seventy two. Don't I look good for <laughs> Well, that that's what I love so much about Sadie Pines is that Alan is Sadie is so funny and but also okay. funny and not and not a super cli cliche hack way. Mm, um, I yeah. think you know sometimes it's really easy when you're in drag to always go body and vaudeville and yeah you know, well, I, think as, that's, you know. That, I give credit to people like Monet and Bob particularly Bob I remember there was something Bob said during his season of drag race or during her season of drag race that like made me think of like how I approach my voice in drag in a way and comedy because she was like just be you in, you yeah. don't have to put on the voice. You don't have to put yeah. on the stick. Just be you yeah. in yeah. drag as your yeah. as your drag persona. And it's it's you do this exact same thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, and, and for the people who have to like have a persona to kind of like make it make sense for them, like go off. I'm like, that's great for you. For Some me, of them do it great. Like ben, yeah, the, Delacreme. Exactly. Ben Delacreme, brilliant. Yeah. Bren is so funny. Um, their show did I say Bren? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ben is so funny and Ben is so smart and like that shtick works for her, right? It's a part of the thing, but I just, I just don't feel that for me. I am. I respond I'm, to it. Yeah. Personally. I'm the same drag. Yeah. Well, here's, I, I've been rewatching, I've been going back and watching old seasons for the first time and like, just kind of, I don't know, learning the canon a little bit more. Cause I've always been, a, I was a late fan to the show and then a sort of a casual fan. And then, um, I, I've now I, see, I I sort of understand more so about like the categories and sort of the, the what is what is like artistry versus technique and all this stuff and so mm -hmm. I guess I'm, I'm well more... I think I think you're putting way more into drag than drag queens <laughs> do no no but that that's what I'm saying like that's that's what's so interesting to me and this is a this is a question like what's interesting to me is watching and seeing you know initially as a gay guy I was like oh yeah drag's just like guys in wigs being like sassy at like bars and now i'm all the way over here like post being watching all the shows where it's like there's so many different iterations that it's almost like i'm curious what brings you to the like you're doing stand-up now you know you're doing a stand-up tour and you're, you're you're saying you're going on stage in drag with a stool and a mic what has brought before that what brought you to drag and, and made you think like i look 
I need to go on stage and and do these certain things. I need to lip sync to songs. I need to host shows. Like, what brings you there? And 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 is it? I don't know if it's it, what it is for every. It's different. For, it has to be different for everybody. Yeah. I imagine. I think for me, the first thing that brought me to drag to discover what drag was was identity. I think coming out of college, I was this like kind of closeted, kind of out person. Like to like some friends in college, I was out, but to my family, I wasn't. So I think that the I the idea of drag intrigued me. I was I was so interested in this like feminine side of myself that I knew that I had that I wanted to express, but was but was scared and nervous about judgment, about all that stuff. And drag kind of gave me access to that, where I could just like blame it all on the art form. Mm-hmm. Like like I wanted to do drag, and and then I was also you know coming out of college, like so I was doing I was singing professionally with Portland Opera and stuff. So I would like bring home like. Some like some like some like thigh high little boots, like a corset, and my mom would be like, "What is that?" And I would just like, "Oh, girl, I'm doing this crazy production of the Marriage of Figaro, girl. It's getting real crazy, hey." I would like bring home some wigs and some nails. I'm like, "What is all this stuff?" I'm like, "Baby, the magic flute is fluting, okay." And like I would like I would like blame things to other art forms because I really wanted drag. It was helping me find so much about what my identity was as a, as, as as a queer person, yeah. and then so that was my first gateway into it, and then. When I saw just how liberating it was, like I, like how free I felt doing drag in a way that I had not ever felt before. Why, whether whether it be through opera, through choir, whatever, all the other art forms I had tried before, uh, drag just just allowed me to be so free, but also be um, the creator of my own path, my own destiny. Like because in like I said, kind of said before, in drag shows, especially in New York City, again, that's my frame of work because that's what that's where I grew up doing drag. New York City drag shows are a little different than other places where it most of them are one woman shows or duo shows. So mm-hmm. it's like you like creating a group number to open the show with your with your host with your, with with your maid and and then like crafting a new mix for that week and oh uh Donald Trump said this on the week on the news last week I'm going to make a number about it so you're like constantly it's making you be so creative and so thoughtful about current political things but also about your own identity it really made me fall in love with it and if I never got on drag race I was so content in just doing drag cuz because of how much it saved me and I just love the art form of drag so much which is so different now I feel so many girls are doing drag to get on drag race like yeah. That's the end goal. Yeah. I don't like, but the world that it will create for you in your mind and in your existence is so much better than just trying to get on TV and be famous. And I know that's rich coming from me who or who who did it, but that wasn't why I did drag. It happened and I'm happy that it did, but I didn't do drag for that purpose. And you, I mean, you did it well. You won Drag Race, which is great. Like, you know, oh. wonderful. Well, does it, does it, what feel- Elliot was saying, what Elliot was saying about like in New York with, you know, you go to a bar and it's just like, guys and wigs at things. One of the things that I noticed in New York, doing stand-up in New York and working with drag queens is that just like in stand-up, there are bad comics that are annoying as fuck and that are on the shows. And I learned, because when I was in New York, I had like this aversion to drags. I was like, these people are so fucking annoying. I just want to yeah. do a joke, but they're in my way doing my shit. Like there's yeah. attention, all these things. I realized that like, there's also just bad drag queens. <laughs> it's just bad drag queens. And they're annoying. And then when you start, when I came out here and you start, I start performing, I realized, oh, there are, there is a small group that are actually kind of like really amazing and dr- growing and yeah. doing things like you're doing, Monet. And then there are a bunch that are just bad and learning. And that's yeah. why we're annoying in New York. <laughs> exactly. It is. And also in New York, there was just so, I mean, and again, I guess people in most cities, like in Chicago, LA, you think there are so many queens, but in New York, I think I liked the grittiness of New York City queens. Yeah. Like the, the like nightlife was just so gritty. There was this show called Saliva Tuesdays where you'd see pageant queens, you'd see grunge queens, you'd see a queen shit an apple out of her ass and Thor she Thor eat it. Like that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is a true story. And then so Ew. you just see so many, so, so much and it, it really just made me 
it it it, it kind of gave me um you know open my eyes to what because again I'm just discovering myself my identity right and like who I really am so it also like gave me a peek into what uh life out not just as drag but as a queer person how colorful that could be and it made me fall in love with being queer because i hated it before i was like i was I, I grew up religious i was in these fucking choirs i hated i hated the fact that i that i love sucking dick i was like no make me like pussy why oh, can i can i say that on here yes of course yes. oh god make me like pussy please like i was like begging for it but then drag and, and new york city and all that stuff made me really really loved cool. and, and i'm so happy i'm gay i could not imagine being straight you became known for your mixes, which is like, to me, one of the hardest things, and you do them yourself. And like, one of the hardest things I think to do, because it's kind of like writing a joke in a way, whereas you need to put in the references that are going to connect, like when it changes from song to a quote, that's going to kill a crowd and make them go crazy. And yeah. it really is like framing a joke because you can have a really bad mix. If it's a bad mix, you feel it as an audience. Ugh, feel it girl, so the audience is, nobody's clapping. Everyone's like, what? What is happening? It's so, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I've ha I've done those. I've had bad mixes. Well, like, well, not doing that one again. <laughs> How do you like put together your mixes and where do you find like the references? Is it just the references that you obsess over that you want to put? But Alan, and you do the same thing, right? I do a lot of the same thing, but I usually do it based off. Should I've seen Monet and Bob? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Like, ha did you have to teach yourself like Pro Tools or something, or is it even jankier than that? Oh no, it's jankier, girl. For, well, I first started out with Audacity. I was using uh, Audacity. That's true. Uh, then I was like, then I graduated to GarageBand, and that's what I still use when I on the seldom chance that I make a, a mix these days. But by, all, by the way, I still think Audacity's better. I just find it? it. I just find it easier to use. Are you a PC user? No, I got a Mac. I, I got uh, Mac money. I, I graduated. I've graduated to <laughs> to audition. Thank you, because I have. I can afford. Uh, this, I don't even know audition. I can afford the Premiere Pro pack. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, well, but Bunny still makes her mistakes using a fucking abacus, so we need to get her on board, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah. So what, it would it would, it would often spark a spark from a from a, like a viral Facebook video. Like um, I don't know. Uh, like when when all the stuff is going on with like Trump and like the nasty woman thing, for example. I remember um, there was that women's march, and yeah. Ashley Judd did that whole speech about I am a nasty. She wrote that fucking poem, and I was like, I need to put this in a mix. So then I got like, I so I mixed that with Ariana Grande's Dangerous Woman, and it became this like really dope. And like and again, because like a joke, you like you have peaks and valleys in it. Like you started something strong, then yeah. go a little lower, then. By like, like towards the end, you put like one of like she had this fierce line in it. I was like, ooh, and I hit them with that line, and I went into this like really dope part of Dangerous Woman. So just like trying to find popular things that were going on socially and um, in pop culture, and making finding a song to make it work with that. And this, yeah. So, so go ahead, Elliot. No, it's just it's just interesting because you're doing so many things in that you're basically like writing, you're producing set like sound and music, you're audio engineering, you're editing. You're doing like culture, you're sort of like reading the culture. Yeah. You're figuring out how and how to entertain people in a club, what will entertain, like there's so many different yeah. elements to it that I'm like, I'm exhausted just describing well, it. And and what makes, I think, Monet and Bob great queens, when we did um, last summer. Brent, are you being, are you being chased? I know. Brent is moving no, I'm around. Sorry. I'm so y sorry, I, I keep, I'm starting to feel sick and I keep getting cough drops. <laughs> oh God. I'm bringing my mic with me. Cause I don't want to leave the conversation. I just keep bringing my mic with me and unplugging my light. No, girl, Brent my... is like, 
Like, <laughs> sorry. They're coming out to me. It is full on Blair Witch Project right now. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I think it's so funny. I was like, oh no. Now Monet can't so get funny. her camera back. There we go. No. Me, so what 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 to me, speaking of mixes, like last summer we did um a show at Heart. I produced a show at Heart and Monet and Bob were on it. And I remember when we were coordinating the songs and everything, and I knew I knew your mix. I knew one of your mix, one of your performances, because it had the quote from uh, "Designing Women" in it, with the yeah, the, yeah. The, the twirling of the baton and stuff. And then yeah. Bob's mix also had that, and I was like, "Is this going to be a train wreck? Is this, they're going to have the same moment?" Literally, that's how you can tell Bob and Monet are amazing queens because the crowd didn't even like give a fuck. They were like, "Yeah, we want to see both of them do it." We want to see. Both. <laughs> I will say I had it in my number first, and Bob did it after. <laughs> she was yes, she did. She did. She did, no, she didn't close the show, but she was towards the end. Yes. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, even when we made it, my number is like circa 2016. He's like 2017. So. Oh. <laughs> well, so now you're going back to your opera roots. You are you, which is incredible. How has that been for you? Yeah. Wait. And what? And what does that look? Because you. You went to school for opera, but then you moved into drag, and obviously that became your life, your calling card. But you did opera on Drag Race All Stars, um, which I think I imagine just shocked a lot of people who didn't know. And then you recently were in um, the Duchess of Crackenthorpe in Minnesota. Um, yeah. So what I say it as if I as if I know what that is. Um, of course, the Duchess, <laughs> the daughter like, of the and red. You were uh, you uh, you were the the daughter of the red. <laughs> But how did you, how did you find your way back to opera and and what is that how much of your life is that taking up right now? Yeah, well, you know, so we were uh, we were casting all stars seven. We knew there was going to be a talent show, so we were surprised when it wasn't first because they normally are first. So we're like, okay, they're probably going to make it the end. Like we all hypothesized because we like put together, and then so like they start they ask you things like throughout the season. Like they tell us like this is the all winter season. We want to make your talent shows as big as you want. So you let us know what props you want, and like I think I will like do we'll like set the scene. We'll spend money so that your talent number is exactly what you want it to be. So I told them I was going to sing originally sing this song from this album from my album I have coming out later this year. This this song called Streetlights. So I was like I want to have a streetlight prop and like uh. And like some other things I, I told them, they're like, okay, got it, got it. Checking it throughout the season. And like the episodes, every, each episode is two days. So two days before the the talent show episode, they're like, hey, just want to check in um to talk about rehearsals, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting at my station and I hear the, the, the challenge producer is going around to everyone. And then um she's coming over to me and I'm like, and then they talk to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, the streetlight is good. It's good. And they're going to the next person and they're going to Trinity. And I'm like, what are you going to do? She tells me her number. And I was like, She's like, I'm, I was like, I'm going to sing a song. I was like, but I don't want to do that anymore. She's like, girl, what will be sickening is if you sing like your opera. And I was like, I, I could not just sing opera. She, that's so boring. I wants to hear that. And she's like, girl, I'm telling you, Shay, shouldn't Monet do opera? Uh, uh, Raja, shouldn't Monet do opera? <laughs> Rue, I think Monet should do opera. I'm, I'm like, Trinity, shut up. I don't know if I want to do that. And then I like sat on my table for a second. I'm like, everyone is going to do like their own original song. Yeah. Like a dance. Blah, blah, blah. I was like... Maybe should I do opera? And like I thought about it for like ten minutes, and I called a producer over. I was like, "I'm changing. I'm doing opera." And they're like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna sing opera." And they're like, "Do you have a track?" I was like, "No, but y'all can find one." And then they <laughs> found one, they cleared it, and then I sang, and I was just so shocked that people were so interested because I because I'm a low voice, right? And low voices aren't known for being excited. You're not the soprano. You're not the tenor. You're not doing exciting shit that people are like. 
I, like the low voices don't really get that. So I was like, and I, so I've always been like a little not um, excited about my voice because I thought yeah. it was ugly. No one to hear it. And then cut to a drag where people really liked it. And I, 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 Aretha I, moment, Monet. You remember when, when Aretha, when someone, I forget who couldn't be at the Grammys or whatever. And so the Aretha was like, oh, I can sing Nessum Dorma or whatever. Like I can do that. And Aretha's just like hanging out backstage, eating a ham sandwich, saying she can sing <laughs> Nessum Dorma. And then all of a sudden she goes out there and kills it. Yeah. Kills it. That was yeah. the Drake Grace version of yes. like you're the Aretha. Thank you. And it, it it went it went so well. And I was like really excited about it. And and then so after the show wrap, people saw it. I've been getting a lot of attention about it. And then the director of the of the Minnesota Opera, Ryan Taylor, he was like, Would you be interested in coming on doing a role? I was like, sure, what is the role? And they told me about it. It's a little a little, a little um cameo role. Um, Ruth Gator, ben Ruth Bader Ginsburg did it before no. me. No. I think and it's Ruth Gator Ginsburg. I think it is. <laughs> Wait, how did sure. she do that? How did she do that? So the role is not traditionally singing because it's normally mm -hmm. like when um Donizetti did the opera, it was just like whoever was like a, a popular celebrity at the time back then, they would just pop in. It was only dialogue but because oh. I could sing. They put they put um they they put an aria into it for me. Wow, you oh. looked amazing. I mean, thank you. It was you were, so fun. It was so so amazing, like incredible. Even, even I just did this tour, and uh, myself, Jinx, and Trinity did a tour in Australia, and you know, I sang for that some classical, and to to be in like a nightclub or like a theater and hear people like screaming like I'm about to sing some Beyonce over like an op a, a, a fucking operatic aria is so bizarre to me. I'm like, it's just it just doesn't compute that people are excited about hearing classical music. Yeah, that's. Well, I, th I think it's not so much just the classical music. It's like they're seeing somebody who they know from, uh, you know, from from Drag Race, but also doing something that is. I always use this word when I, I, I overuse this word, but like it is pretty subversive to see that. And I know <laughs> yeah. that you know. I now that they have, um, what's the show? Queen of the world is that Queen of the universe? Queen of the universe, where it's a singing yeah. competition with drag queens. It's like. Oh yeah, like there is something uniquely interesting about that. And I think when somebody like you, who's already established established yourself in this, you know, it, it, as essentially like one of the biggest stars in that field, steps out and does something that is really unique and really requires a very specific ability. Yeah, that probably yeah. is more than just, you know, supersedes more than just the music. It's like, yeah. oh shit, I'm seeing Monet sing opera and it's really good like it's it's a lot it's a lot it's people like to see multifaceted performers i think it's yeah. a mind fuck yeah. yeah it really is yeah yeah Wait, how do you i wanted to ask because one of the things that I, I know we haven't talked about it but like it's a conversation that's never ending the drag race audience because drag race has gotten so huge it almost feels like there must be a level of terror if you of you maybe saying the wrong thing or maybe sending the audience into a crate like they're so unhinged on a level that is sometimes very frightening. How yeah. do you, do you ever worry about doing something that might get you like canceled or pissed off or, you know what I mean? Um, Not really. Cause I think for the most part, like I, I always operate in my moral compass. Like I don't, I don't ever like, like I'm not ever like out here doing anything crazy or have done anything. I mean, I have been canceled before when I went on the view and I, um, I was, and uh, Nina West and I gave Megan McCain a cake. Oh, that's all of a sudden I became 
<laughs> I became Donald Trump Jr. I was a oh Republican. My God. Oh my I God. I am anti-queer rights. Unbelievable. I, I hate black people. I was like, I am two of those things. I am yeah. like, yeah. I, I don't hate like, And you know you're giving I mean? someone a cake. Every I give someone a cake. Loves it was cake. crazy. It was really crazy. So that's like the closest I've been to cancellation. But other than that, I just, because I'm, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm always, but I, there is that fear. Yeah. By the way, as if any one of those people that tweeted at you would have been invited on The View, walked out on stage and said to Meg- Megan McCain, you bitch, like right. not a exactly. soul would exactly. ever do that. They're getting exactly. mad at you. But if they were invited on a TV show, they wouldn't all of a sudden, you know, advocate for one thing or another or, yeah. or yell at Megan McCain for some something she tweeted six months ago. It's yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, do you know I'm gonna take that time for her birthday to be like, and by the way, you, you, <laughs> you, you white whore, cunt. Like, like, what was the expectation? It was happy it was birthday, so you cunt. You know what I mean? Like, what do they want? Can I just say because I watched that episode because we <clears throat> talk about. I mean. Elliot and I talk about The View a lot. Brent does not watch. Yeah. Oh, I love The View is my oh. favorite show. I watch The View every day. Every when I don't watch day. it, I listen to the podcast. Wait. They put the whole episode oh, wow. of the podcast. How did I not know you watch The View? Because Naomi and I talk oh. about The View all the time. Alaska and I talk about The View all the time. Elliot and I talk about I'm the view obsessed with The View. Oh, Joy I'm Bay. starting to been, you. Oh, I've been an avid View watcher since 2015. I would DVR it every day. I Same. love The View. Same. I, I, remember, only... I distinctly remember coming home because I would VHS record while I was at work in New York the view and i watched the rosie elizabeth fight in Girl. the room alone just being like so this is gripping so good gripping. so now here's the thing like i know i make it because we could now with now with Alyssa, the the republican is so tame i She's miss the megan mccain days i used to love how every day was like must watch tv what was the, the milk that was gonna be i miss her so much and i hate her but i miss her i know so much so good oh. i don't know I don't hate her. I think she's chaos and I don't think, but I don't think she's like, that's what's so funny. is like you and Nina going out and giving M- Megan McCain a birthday cake is not tantamount to you going out <laughs> and raising Wait, like a, but- a, a flag for like the Republican. It's like, you, you're just doing some, it, I don't know. It's, it's Can we talk about how me. awkward it actually was? Because like you and Mo, you and Nina were fine. You were just doing what drag queens do. You come out to do something fun and you've been invited to like whatever. Yeah. The women, I mean, of course, you know, she was, she was happy, but like literally I could not, like, I don't, I don't think a lot of those women know what to do around drag queens or when anyone outside yeah. the box of what they're used to come into their yeah. room around that table. It was so uncomfortable on a hilarious level. <laughs> I was loving it. I was loving. Well, that, it. I mean, that's also, but also that's that's daytime TV. Yeah. And yeah. the reason that I'm obsessed with the View is because to me, I also have been watching it since around 2015, uh, when our friend Michelle Collins went back on the show. I had oh really, my God, Michelle! Yeah, the best. I love Michelle. Uh, but I hadn't, I hadn't watched it before that in a while because I think it had become sort of just like very like you know shiny um daytime tv but when michelle went back on i was like wait a minute this feels like chaos at there's chaos bubbling underneath the surface at all times (laughs) and once megan came on and then rose like once rosie came back on and she and would be like looked like they were going to choke each other any 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 moment and then megan came on and was like and raven was a mess raven always had some next shit going on girl it was 
It was pure mess. But that's why that's so, so, joy. so good. I just hate Trump. I hate Trump. I've always said, <laughs> I've always said, if I ever do make it on Drag Race, Joy Behar will be my snatch game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know how that like, hasn't happened yet. It has to be. That is the perfect yes. for me. It's just perfect. Oh, it's it great. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, what are you talking about? I hate him. <laughs> yes, that's not a good idea. You should you you should do it. You should do drag Meghan McCain. I'm, no, I would never do that. Because <laughs> literally, I would just go around the room being like, "Too woke, you're woke." Yeah. <laughs> literally, that's all it is. Because that's all she talks about now. Yeah. You are. I mean, you're just the best, and we've had so much fun chatting with you. And it's just you're just so much fun. Where can people find you on? I mean, everyone knows where to find you on the internet. But if for the one person who doesn't, tell them. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I am I am Monet Exchange, M-O-N-E-T, the letter X, the word change, on all social media platforms. Um, if, if you're looking to, for some stuff to do this summer, I'm going to be uh, a lot of stuff. A lot of, literally, I leave on Tuesday for Pride this week, and I don't come back till Monday. So a lot of Pride this week. But stand-up shows, I'm going to be um, the 16th in Las Vegas, the weekend of the 22nd in Madison, Wisconsin, the Comedy on State. And I'm going to be at the Pete's in P-Town on July 2nd for Town Hall. And when you come back to town, me, you, and Kim will go back to a movie and Kim will fall asleep while you and I <laughs> and be like, can you and believe snoring. she's snoring? Not just she's leaving, snoring. What did she snore through? What were we Everything. Watching? What has she snored through? <laughs> I don't know what movie it was. I mean, we've seen a few. I don't know which don't one. Say, yeah. don't, don't say Book Club 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think it was actually... Did we go see the Venom movie together? Was that Venom? I think it might have been Venom. Or it was uh, Encanto, maybe. Encanto, yes. Encanto, yes. Yeah. Girl, everybody's trying to find Bruno, and we're just worried. We <laughs> want him to wake the fuck up. We That's knew where we Bruno were. was. He was right <laughs> in her throat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Monday. <laughs> and another thing. Uh, now, I do want to remind everyone, we have a Patreon. You're making it worse. Uh, Patreon.com slash you're making it worse. We actually had a really fun chat about one of the most terrifying events that's happened to me over the past couple of years. Rent almost got murdered. And I mean, did you guys not also agree that that's a pretty fucking terrifying story? Terrifying. Yeah, very scary. Really? So on the edge of your seats, unless you're driving, in which case, please be careful. Well, now it sounds like you're mocking me. But that said, <laughs> join our Patreon and listen to that. Listen to that extra special bonus feature this week. That said, I wanted to have a discussion. <laughs> I wanted to have a discussion about uh, Grinder, about intimacy. And so I'm posing this to both of you, even though, Alan, of course, you're in a loving, committed relationship. Would you hook up with someone who was on meth? I have. So, okay. <laughs> Not a huge shock. So let me let me, let me me clarify. Uh, well, I'll just tell you the story. So I've been chatting with this guy for years on and off on Grindr. He's a billion percent my type. Crazy hot. And... Also, over the over the five six years we've we've been chatting, you know, every here every once uh, once in a while, he has gotten really into meth, and he will only smoke meth. Now, needless to say, there is no circumstance in which I would smoke meth ever. Oh come! Oh, how dare you! <laughs> I'm literally, You're I literally am like yourself. waiting. I'm waiting for a DM from someone who was like, "How dare you denigrate the meth community?" Um, I'm not kidding. We're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. You would have to check that DM on your web browser. <laughs> the meth community. Oh my god. So that said, I have still toyed with meeting up with him, and he's like, I will only 
hook up at my place and I, I have to smoke meth beforehand. You don't have to. Oof. So what would you do that, Elliot? And Alan, tell no. us about that you have done that. Now it scares me. I mean, I, I still to this day, I'm like, what is meth? Like, is it crystal meth? So that's, that's like a powder. I'm just, I don't know. It freaks me out a little bit. And also there's something, I mean, there's one, it's one thing to be like, oh, I want to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like smoke weed because that's part of yeah. the appeal of this all for me or the routine, the, the ritual or whatever. I get that, you know, even poppers, which I don't enjoy. I understand the appeal right. of wanting to do it. Um, but meth is obviously a step i'm not going to say too far but it's certainly a step a big step (laughs) (laughs) and uh it just freaks me out so i don't know i haven't i don't i don't think i could do it knowing that somebody is going to be doing meth also i think i did but i didn't i did hook up with somebody who's doing meth yeah (laughs) i think i wasn't positive but he was definitely smoking what i thought was weed out of a really unusual bong (laughs) (laughs) And I, I know I know one of the tricks is if it's if it's like a if, if it's like a butane lighter, then, you know, it's meth, because I think sometimes you need a stronger lighter than the standard Bic lighter. What's butane? Like, uh, what it's that? like it's like it almost looks like a blowtorch. It's yeah, like a, it's like a blowtorch lighter, though. So well, it's a then tiny I guess I up with somebody who was on <laughs> Wait, so so that's what you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. It's scary. Yes. It's scary. When I this was years ago, but I had no idea what P and P meant years yeah. ago, right. when it for, when it first started popping up on Grinder and stuff. And so I hooked up with this guy who was really hot, and he was doing the same thing: the butane light, all of the stuff <clears> that we we've, we've just talked about, and I had no idea and then afterwards i think i mean he offered it to me and i was like well no you don't want to see me yeah I'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> you know? and and because uh, i genuinely am i mean i never liked getting smoking weed before sex or anything because it just i i just i didn't i don't respond to it in the way others do so it's not fun for me yeah but, yeah same here um i i so i just played it off and then afterwards i think i was just talking with someone and i learned that it was meth and then I very much knew what PNP meant. Yeah. After yep. that, yeah. I, I never, I just, whenever I saw those profiles, I always was just kind of like, mm, eh. So well, that's what's so interesting about it is I, I sort of ignored that too. I didn't, I didn't know what it, what PNP meant. I just never really asked. Under, I literally, this is honest to God. This is not, and I'm a gullible person, but this, this is not even a joke. I legit thought it had something to do with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I, I think I did too, by the way. I mean, this is this is going because I've known what that phrase meant has meant for like eight years. But I think I think it was the same thing where I was like, oh, that must be like some fun like pink or or like yeah, some weird I thought it was offshoot like a gaming of D&D. thing because yeah. I'm not like a gamer. Although I'm so close to buying a PS5 for my birthday, oh, I think I'm gonna do it. Uh, anyway, I thought it was like I'm not a gamer, so whenever people use like you know, like my switch or whatever, like it is You're right, right. The lingo. I just assume that I'm just not in that world. And I just that's what it is, you know. So let me tell you what I associate the, the danger I associate with meth. Obviously, there's a number of things that I'm uncomfortable about. Um, but the primary one is people who do meth for those for the listeners who aren't pr- intimately familiar with this. People who do meth or are involved in the PNP community. They smoke meth and they will bareback. That's what they do. That's yes. that's why they smoke meth and that's why they uh, advertise it on their profiles. Um, now, this guy has on his profile that he takes prep. He's been vaccinated for meningitis and monkeypox and all these different things. 
uh, I guess to me, so I'm like, look, the you know, the bases are covered. I still would, it's not like I, I would ever have unprotected sex with this person either uh, under any circumstances. But I'm like, look, he takes these medications. I, we would, if, if we got that far, we were a condom, all these things. I guess I just am uneasy just thinking like, does he remember? To, I mean, how, how, how do you remember to take your pills when you're on meth all the time? Right. Or does meth make you the most responsible person right. in the rest of your life? Right. Exactly. Probably doesn't, but that's just my judgment and ignorance towards. Oh, no, it is. It's my ignorance towards recreational drug use because that is not a world in which I live in any longer. However, I I mean, I don't ever hold drug use against people, but I think meth has a particular uh, rightfully so stigma to it. Yeah, but I I don't know. I don't even I don't even think I don't I don't know enough, so I don't have enough to speak on it. But I'm going to say my personal opinion is I think meth is one of those drugs, unlike cocaine and other recreational drugs that you can kind of use to party and have fun and, you know, ecstasy and all those things. I don't worry about those. The only one that I actually genuinely worry about is meth only four stories in which I have heard. Please, if I am ignorantly wrong in how meth reacts and how meth uses can be casually done, let me know. But I'm not eager to do it, but I would love to learn. Uh, Again, again, if anyone sends Alan a message saying, (laughs) you ignorant son of a bitch, I will find you and punch you in the face. The only messages I ever get on Instagram are something anti-squish, something something, um, about me being a fat fuck, or something about me being a faggot who is a groomer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are are my three. The groomer is the most popular one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I happen to think that Ted Cruz is very good looking. (laughs) (laughs) My Aunt Joanne would say, well, it's not like I would go to Uganda anyway. It's not like they have good bagels. I don't go anywhere without good bagels. How about Aunt Anne? Aunt Anne would say, you know, I always thought that meth had something to do with method acting. I'm... Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh, funny. Aunt Anne. PNP, I did I did not know what that meant. PNP and also is a gaming term. It has to be somewhere. Well, it's it D, has D, it's, to you're, thinking of, you're thinking of D and D, which is I know, but PNP is a perfect gaming. I know. I know. It's absurd. I was gonna just say that PNP and also woof, the idea of somebody saying woof. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you've always hated I, that. Well, it's not that I hated it. I never understood. I was just like, what a weird I think this is a compliment when it's like, wh- I just didn't understand if it was like yeah, being like, like to a woman by being like, woof, woof, you know, va, va, right. boom. And so I never yeah, right. <laughs> I was just like, huh? And va, I, still va, used to, I used to, whenever I was on Grinder, like someone would send a picture and I got to the point where like, I ran out of like exciting things to say in response to a naked picture. So mm-hmm. out loud, whenever I would actually do it, I'd write like hot or something, but I would always say to myself, Hot, sexy, woof, ooh. <laughs> like I would just like use all the the words. On, on the on the other end of the spectrum, remember when I whenever I really didn't like someone or I felt like they had been disrespectful of me, I would send them a picture of my toilet filled with <laughs> diarrhea. Oh my god. 
And it wasn't just any toilet. It was your toilet. It was my toilet. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a Google image search of diarrhea. It was my toilet. Because Brent Brent puts a sticker of his can buy on iTunes on his toilet. So just in case anyone uses it while they're peeing, they can see where to buy his album. Oh. By the way, I still have that picture. You guys want to see it? No. Oh!